Hello, and welcome to Final Show Films. I'm John, or Taku, as you might know me on Twitter, the executive producer here, and I just want to thank you for watching. It really means a lot to us that people watch, listen to, and enjoy our shows. If you want to help us keep making these shows as fun and lively as they can be, please join your fellow fans in supporting us at our Patreon page at patreon.com slash fsfilms, or by subscribing to our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash finalshowfilms. It really means a lot to us that the amount of you who do support us continue to do so, especially our $25 plus tier supporters on Patreon. Antitonic, Catwater Flame, Samantha Bates, Maureen Monty, and Gravity Alexander. Every little bit helps, so thank you to all of our patrons and subs. Check us out on Twitter at Final Show Films and on our website at www.finalshowfilms.com for updates, go live notifications, and more. We love interacting with you, so feel free to tweet at us or email us at finalshowfilms at gmail.com. That being said, please relax and enjoy. We're live. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Esoteric Literature Club of Whitechapel. I am John, the keeper of stories for this evening, and with me today is Jeremy. Hi, I'm Jeremy, and I'm playing Jahan Ramsey, a psychologist. I don't remember what we say for our opening stuff, so... Whatever works. He's a shrink! Aaron? Hi, I'm Aaron. I was distracted because I was listening to the other audio to make sure everyone was audible on it. Hi, I'm Aaron. <laughs> I'm playing America, Kansas, Freedom. They're a cowboy. And Jack. Hey, everybody. I'm Jack. I'm playing Jared O'Connell, incompetent action hero. We are short this week. Uh, Craig, who threw out his back like the old man that he is. And Mara, who Aww. is in Scotland. I was just using his words. Isn't he younger than I am? I have no idea what the age relation between you and Jeremy, you and Craig is. I know I'm just simply using Craig's words. Anyways. Yes. Mara, who is abroad. Anyways. A, a broad single word. Not... <laughs> I was, I was, I was like, wow, we're leaning, we're leaning single, into that 1920s slang, aren't we? Single word as in away. <laughs> we are a professional organization who have our introductions down to a T. And we by... are legitimately usually better than this. Not something I can usually say when this messes up. And by T, I mean it looks like an X because we accidentally kicked it over on its side. Uh, uh, Sony would have you know that that's a cross, Jeremy. Anyways. Uh, Sony can kiss my skinny white ass. Before we delve into the world of Call of Cthulhu, for those watching and listening at home, understand that this is a world that thrives on horror, on the unsettling on making you uncomfortable, so there may be themes and aspects of this story that are particularly unpleasant for some viewers. In those cases, it is, perfectly val it is a perfectly valid response to stop watching or listening if you feel you cannot continue. For those who remain, welcome to Call of Cthulhu. When last we left off, our resident explorers were exploring a residence, particularly the residence of one Sir Thomas Blyton, a age a an old <laughs> I like how I just dropped Jeremy right at the beginning. Uh, 
the manner of Something, Sir, something Sir Thomas Blight. The, the manner of Sir Thomas Blight, an, an aged animator who passed away and whose things were being put up for sale in an estate sale. Uh, while investigating the library, Jared O'Connell had a bit of a mishap wherein he went to open a door that was closed, but didn't realize that the grandfather clock opens outwards rather than inwards and put his hand through the glass. Uh, as he did, oh, as, <laughs> resulting in the attentions of the butler of the house. The butler, blood all the, the, way down, the butler blood. escorted Jared and Harold to the medical wing, and a, a part of the a part of the manor that was established as having been off limits prior. But in cases of medical emergencies, its supplies were available. Uh, while they were away, Jahan, America, and Doris continued to search through the library, having previously found a hidden viewport through which they could see a large chest covered in chains. They began setting about to explore various ways one might ascertain the location of that room. We left off in particular with Doris finding that if you pull the grandfather clock's pendulum, it rev opens the back of the clock, revealing a hidden passageway. We pick back up in the library, where Jahan and America, who are both at separate places from Doris at the moment, hear a sudden scream. It is not the scream one might associate with terror. It is more the scream one might associate with stepping down a stairwell and forgetting that there is not one more step. Or forgetting that there is one more step. <clears throat> the sudden surprised yelping associated with that echoes from the location near the grandfather clock, a location neither of you had been looking at prior. Okay. Well, I'm looking at it now. The hell? As the two of you look, you see Doris has disappeared. In her place, there is simply a grandfather clock with a smashed glass, a pendulum that has been pulled outward, uh, outward from the grandfather clock itself, and an, and an empty passage beyond. Uh... Doris? There is no response. Hello? In American, and thus much louder. Hey, Doris! <laughs> and that's much louder. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, that's fair. There continues to be no response. Well, I'm sauntering over there to look yeah, at what walk happened. Walking over to investigate. The two of you approach the grandfather clock, which again remains broken as the glass has been as the glass was punched through. Bits of blood that you assume are still from Jared remain around the exterior of the grandfather clock, and there is no visible sign of Doris. Simply a very tight passage that Jahan, you could potentially squeeze through America, you might find it a bit tight. Cool. Of, oh, I mean, so that would be a passage Doris could have gone through potentially. Oh, very well. Yeah, I'm gonna go in my death trap. 
Jahan, you lean in and push past the grandfather clock, squeezing into the fairly tight space behind it. It seems that this is this secret passage was meant to be less of a seat passage and more of an access. You find your back pressed against hard wood as your front is also pressed against hard wood as you squeeze between two walls, pulling yourself along. Pulling yourself along. <laughs> You notice that you are not alone in this passageway, as a cobweb strikes you in the face, full force. Ah, oh, bloody... Do I hear that? Absolutely. Y'all right in there? Just fine. Just, just... I'm just fine. At that instance, you notice... There is a, there's a remarkably long millipede crawling along the wall near your hand. Ah. Bit less fine. I, uh, <laughs> um, look, I don't think she's in here. Give me a second. I do think you, I bought a flashlight torch. Do you press on or do you stay no, where you're No, because at? I am backing my ass out because logically, and of course this has nothing to do with oh sick, oh gross, this is terrifying. Logically, if she had come through, she would have hit the cobweb. As you step backwards, you hear the crunch beneath your shoe as a cockroach or something of a similar structure is crushed beneath your foot. Eh, that's not. I'm going to try and throw my camera's or my phone's light in there. As you begin crawling back out the passageway, Jahan, a brilliant light blinds you from the grandfather Ah! clockwork. America, you see Jahan covered with probably more bugs than he noticed. Well, you had an adventure in there. No, Doris. You noticed? No. I will point to one of the bugs that's like crawling up an arm or something. Am I actually out at this point? You're you're in the grandfather clock at this point. Get out shake off. There's a surprising number of various insects, some of which are identifiable, some of which are absolutely not. Lovely. Well, no, there's most definitely no way she was in there. Meanwhile. I would imagine that she and she went off to try and well, let's be frank. Do what she's been trying to do this whole night. Ain't he with the patient right now? Meanwhile. Do you really think that would stop her? In the medical wing. (laughs) I'd hope it'd stop him. Jared, uh, Dr. Costley has managed to swiftly and and, uh, routinely bandage your arm. You now are less bleeding, less, and more just covered in gauze. <clears throat> As the blood has stopped, the glass has all been removed, and the, do- and the doctor f- uh, finalizes cinching your bandages. If... Thanks, Doc. <clears throat> in whatever voice Harold normally has, you hear him say, you're welcome. <laughs> As it is finished, the butler, looking at the group of you, 
If you're quite done, then perhaps we should rejoin your compatriots in the library. Jared will stand up, and then he'll take a scan of the medical wing and just see if anything jumps out at him. Give me a spot-hidden roll. Oh, I'm great at those. Come on, come on. Snowball? Yes, okay. Yeah, we can, forget, we can, we we can hear you, the green. we just can't. Uh, the one on the right is the single roll. Um, okay. Yeah, I think everything came undone. Give me a second. Yeah, we can hear you, just can't see you. That's a fail. It's a fail, but it's not a... Yeah, okay. It's not a dramatic failure. It's a failure. No. <clears throat> Looking around, it strikes you as a fairly well-stocked, but fairly standard, nothing particularly unusual or expensive or rare uh, medical wing. Okay. Following the man who bustles. <laughs> the butler bottles you out of the out of the out of the medical wing and re- returns you back to the stairs uh, to the stairs in the primary lobby. If you would be so kind as to find your way back to the library, I must now fetch a, pa- a dustpan to clean up the glass. Do be careful from here on out. <coughs> Do my best. Mm. And he turns and and... off to the library. As you are on your way to the library, you too hear a sudden yelp. The yelp that is the sound of someone suddenly mistaking the fact that a 13 stairs long staircase was either 12 or 14 stairs long. This time coming from behind you. Turn to see if who's behind me. No one is behind you. Turn back to see who's in front of me. No one is in front of you. Doc? Dr. Costley appears to have vanished. Quite. Library's this way, Doc. There is no response. Are there any, like, corners nearby of passages that he might have gone down? No. In fact, it is curious. You are in the lo- you are in a long stretch of hallway between any of the various rooms. There is the game room off to your left, but the door to that is further back. You imagine the wall is particularly long here to accommodate all the hanging skulls. Library it is, then. As you return to the library, you find within a befuddled and bemused Jahan in America. Jahan, in particular, shaking off a variety of insects, some of which are identifiable, some of which are distinctly not. I would like to try and identify the unidentifiable ones. Certainly. Let me figure out what role that'll be. Nature. Would that be a natural nature, world role? Yes, a natural world role would, would suffice. Nope, failed that one too. <laughs> These unidentifiable insects continue to be unidentifiable. Did you guys go bug hunting? Uh, uh, well, Doris vanished and thought maybe she'd gone into, well, there. And she didn't. Hmm. But there were many bugs in there. Looking, you see a small, tight passageway beyond the grandfather clock. Given that I have a size of 75, is there any chance I could get in there? It would be a tight squeeze, but yes, you could get 
where's it go? Wait, my size is smaller than yours. Sorry, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, I didn't go. Yes, but your size is larger than Jahan's. Ah, sorry. It did not go. I did not go very far. It was. It was clearly. There is no way that Doris could have gone in there without uh, hitting some of the things that I hit, cobwebs and the like. Hmm. I lost track of Doc on the way back, too. Hmm. Well, at least he waited. Right. I mean... We're pretty sure they're trying to do exactly what Doris has been trying. Michael. <laughs> yes. Cool. Yes. They want to do a private mosey. That's on them. That might be the most regional thing I've ever heard you say. Oh, shucks. Well done. All three of you can give me an idea roll if you'd like. That's just intelligence, right? Yes. Well, we've been better moving nope. back here before. Nope. I literally am the dice curse in this game. <laughs> Holy balls. No. None of you see <laughs> none of you see anything wrong with that conclusion. Nope. <laughs> well, we better mosey on out. In other words, John secretly entered in the code for bump up their rolls by 50. <laughs> well, we better move on. There's other places to look here. Wait, looking for what? Or are we going after the... Ain't we still looking for books for the literature club? Well, yeah, but there's that locked box that I found. Which ain't for sale? Okay. I mean, that is... I'm not denying it's appealing, but... But it is very specifically not for sale. Looking at your collective watches, you realize you have an hour left in your time limit before the auction. I'm gonna look at the map of places. Oh. Anywhere else that seems particularly standout, interesting, or like it might have been passed over by other people. There is the game room, which is labeled as a fairly large room on the same floor you're on, the second floor, further down the hallway from the library. There is the bedroom, which probably has definitely had people in it, but might have things that may be of interest that others might have not seen. On the third floor, there is the, there is the wine cellar, which is in the basement, which you can access from the kitchens on the first floor. There sometimes might be things of interest down there. And finally, there is the the sitting room on the first floor, just off the main entryway. If it has been picked over, anything left would certainly be something that people had missed. How do y'all feel about the creepy basement wine cellar? Oh, are we looking for a cask of Amontillado? Let's do it. <clears throat> I do appreciate the reference. <laughs> 
My aunt was from Baltimore. Heading to the wine cellar. Wine cellar. What the hell? Why not? All right. I'm going into battle and I need your strongest wines. You can't handle my strongest venture. Anyways. God. William isn't here. The <laughs> <laughs> of you journey down. You take the stairs down back to the first floor, passing by groups of huddled masses, all still dressed in their dark mourner's garb with hats and umbrellas inside the house. As you continue on, you find yourselves in the kitchen, where there are a few other people looking over various objects that they have found, sitting down. The kitchen is well-appointed, almost as if somebody had taken uh, their favorite diner and rebuilt it inside the house. There is a counter where people can sit and eat, and where you can see through into another kitchen proper aspect of the room. It feels very much 1920s Americana in here. Off to one side where one might expect a jukebox, there is instead a door marked cellar that leads down into the dusty and less well-kept cellars. All right. So if we're going for the 1920s Americana aesthetic, I assume there's a cup of cold coffee sitting out with a cigarette butt in it for absolutely no reason. There is a cup of cold coffee sitting out with a cigarette butt in it for the reason of the person reading a book next to it put it out in it. Seems odd. Is there also a gun? No. Okay, so not quite 1920s, but very close, all right. Yes, a very good gun. <laughs> Actually, no, it's not on them right now. <laughs> I just have a lasso. What it, what is the person what book is the person reading? <laughs> they are reading an unmarked book. Well, I'm not going to interrupt, and we've got a wine cellar to to visit, so. Yep. So, the, heading three down you, the, the, stairs. the three of you open the door to the cellars, heading down. You find yourselves in what can only be described as a, as a Elizabethan-era cellar. Stone brickwork, stone brickwork fills the walls and pillars that support the ceiling above. There are many wooden casks anchored into the walls, each marked with a date and name, some of which are, some of which are very obviously going to be the, make, the brewers that they were brought from. Some, uh, so the, the youngest cask in the cellar, the, uh, the youngest cask in the cellar is at least a hundred years old. As you continue through, you find eventually a more chilled area of the cellar. The nat it just naturally seems to get colder. You don't notice any specific devices that are making it colder. Where there are racks upon racks of dusty bottles. I'm going to look around and see if there's any... Thing notable or weird. 
Give me a spot hidden. Yeah, I'm looking around for esoteric stuff. Give me a spot hidden. Nope, I failed by a lot less than normal. I will also mm. investigate. <clears throat> hey. Zero is a success. All right. America and Jared looking around. It's a lot of dusty bottles and a lot of dusty casks. There's nothing particularly odd about any of them. Jahan, out of curiosity, you pull one bottle off and take a look at it. You can actually see into it what appears to be some aspect of a tentacle inside the bottle. You can only see part of it. Most of the whatever it is attached to is obscured. The part that you can see, you can only see because it is pressed up against the glass. And you can very clearly see the sucker of this tentacle flexing against the glass. Flexing as in active. Yes. Uh, America. Yeah. Could I borrow your could I borrow your torch? I ain't got one, but you can have my phone. I've got one. Is it an actual torch? No, it's a okay. it's a flashlight. <laughs> because with he's, either pick, of he's you, picked up a little bit of the slang. With either of you, it could have been an actual torch. Jared pulls out a blowtorch. What do you need it for? One's an explorer, <laughs> the other's a cowboy. I'm just saying. Hey, actual torches are useful for welding. Yes. Not that we're welding anything, but they have I a use. Turn it on and point it inside. <laughs> At first, you simply flash the light on the bottle, which doesn't do much for clearing up the visibility of the of the liquid inside. As you do, the tentacle certainly flexes, though. After doing that, you struck upon the brilliant idea to put the head of the flashlight against the base of the bottle so that it lights from below rather than on, rather than head on as you do you see in you can see this reddish liquid on the inside brightens up its visibility and you can see what appears to be a collection of tentacles no body certainly attached to them but instead attached by wires into the middle of into the middle of the bottle these wires occasionally wiggle causing the tentacles themselves to flex and and shift Well, that's, that's, that's quite... I'm assuming we see this at this point. Yes, easily seen with Jahan holding it out. Yeah. That got a fail mark on it. Sorry, two people said something at the same time and they both sounded like... Go ahead, Aaron. (laughs) Does that have an auction or sale mark on it? I check the bottom of the jar. It is part of an auction that is a lot. Uh, the lot of wines of this particular section of the cellar is all up for auction. Hmm. I'm going to pull another one off, see if that's the only weird one. It seems to be What's the only What's the label one. on that one, John? As you look at it, you see that it is a Chateau Lafitte Rothschild. French, that... It's a French wine. Yes. 
but beyond French wine, is there anything significant about that conceivably? Give me an idea roll. Uh, oh, I am actually legitimately surprised it was not like a society or something. Could have sworn they used to have something like that. Anyway, actually, um, uh, it might. Hang on, let me look at your options. There might be a better roll you can make. Actually, no. Any roll would be worse. I would rather roll an idea. <laughs> Unless it's a psychology roll. Uh, if you had arts, if you had an art, like, uh, art or craft winemaking, that would also apply. But other than that, an idea. Okay. Nope. You've I'll never roll like you. Why not? You are distinctly yeah. aware of the fact that you've never heard of this vintage before. Uh, America, you also have never heard of this vintage before. I'm gonna Google it. You Google the vintage. I might have heard of this vintage before. <laughs> Certainly, make an idea. Oh, ah, Jared. Uh, you know that this is a vintage of this is a vintage in France that has been owned by members of the Rothschild family since the 19th century. Uh, in particular, Jared, you are well aware that this is not a particularly old vintage, yet it seems to have been placed and is gathering dust with much older vintages of wine. Jahan, I don't suppose you're, like, particularly sommelier-adjacent, but was there any reason they put a really young wine with all this really old wine? Uh, I'm fine now. America, while you're Googling, you come across the information that in early November of 2012, uh, there was 10,000 bottles of counterfeit... Uh, Chateau Lafitte Rothschild uh, apprehended in China. That's one of the most interesting information you can find by Googling it. Okay. That happened to be a 2012 bottle. Or was that... What would be the year on the counterfeit stuff? There's no listed year on the report. Well, there was some counterfeit at one point, but that's all I got. Um, yeah, I'm going to look through things that are part of the same lot, see if any of them are weird. As you look through, you find, uh, as Jared commented, most of the bottles here are marked very, very old. The youngest wine, aside from the one that Jahan is holding, the youngest wine here is 200 years old. Jared's going to pull out his the phone bottle, and... Oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. The bottle Jahan is holding is barely 100 years old. Yeah. Practically still grapes. <laughs> uh, Jared's going to pull out his phone and text uh, the doctor. Mm -hmm. We're in the wine cellar. Just let us know when you two are done. 
As you te as you send off the text, you get a notification from your phone saying that the text failed to send. What's up? Oh, I just tried to text the old folks to, but apparently I'm not getting good reception down here. Well, That's yeah, I mean, old house, old people. Hmm. Might as well mark down the number for Reginald in case it's a thing that interests him. Never seen him stop at, at something being expensive if he wanted it. Of course. Was there anything else you wanted to note, John? Me? No. Just, wanted, just curious. I'm going to steal my flashlight back. Yep. And go look behind the racks, specifically on the floor, see if anything has fallen or been stashed. Give me a spot hidden roll. That'd be great when you guys end the chapter and are able to start trying to increase your spot hidden roll. <laughs> right? We all need to succeed one first. I don't think Jack has yet. I mean, I feel like this was a tactical decision by all the PCs because hey. when you notice things, you start to lose your mind. <laughs> so not noticing things makes other people have to notice things for the plot to continue. I have. I, su I succeeded with several degrees of success. Jared, you see another one of those signs. Actually, you've never seen one. You haven't seen one in the first mm -hmm. place yet. Uh... Looking on, looking at one of the stones on the bottom of the rack, next to the bottom of the rack, you spot a small, slightly lopsided star with an eye in the middle of it and a flame motif coming out of it. Is it like engraved into the rock? Yes. <clears throat> He's going to get down on his hands and knees and blow around the edge of the rock and see if it looks like it's loose or able to be lifted at all. Immediately after blowing, the blowing, Jared begins to cough viciously as the rest of the rock. <laughs> a cloud of dust billow up from around the area where Jared stuck his face. Y'all right back there? Found a... <laughs> Found a weird engraving on one of these rocks back here. And he whips out his survival knife and sees if he can work it into the edge, uh, into the the seam between that rock and the next one. You work your survival knife in, and as it gets about half, half of the blade gets through the crack, you hear a metallic clink as if you hit something. Half the blade or just a tip? Half the blade. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm a horrible person! Welcome to the club. I'm incapable of doing anything that is just the tip. He'll see if he can work that uh, that rock out. Okay. This thing might lift, guys. Give me a... As I try to find my character sheet. <clears throat> Give me an archaeology roll. Oh, dear God. There's literally no chance of me succeeding on this. Nope. You give a sharp tug and pull, trying to wrench this brick free, and as you do, you hear a, you hear a metallic snapping sound. Fuck. 
pull your. Did block. I break my knife? Yes, you did. Son of a bitch. He's just going to use his hands then and see if he can get his fingers around the edge and pull this thing out. <laughs> As you reach in and try to sort of wrap your fingers around this brick that is tightly packed with the rest, you can't quite find any grasp on it. But you do feel a bit of a wiggle as you touch the brick, and following that, you push. And as you push, you hear a clicking sound. Jahan in America, you once again hear the sudden sound of a scream. Again, it is the scream of someone who was expecting a thirteenth step when there was in fact only twelve, as Jared suddenly disappears from where he was laying down. Jared, you find yourself sliding down a hole. <laughs> Um, well, I'm sliding. He's going to kind of brace his hands out in front of him. He's not going to lock his elbows, of course, but he's 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 just going to try and catch himself as far as whatever he comes across. I assume it's pitch black and I can't see shit. It is absolutely pitch black and you cannot see shit. Okay, cool. Though you do smell it rapidly approaching, oddly enough. <laughs> is it salt water? No. Shit. Is it sewage? <laughs> yes, okay. Oh, God. As you, slam, as you slam hands first into something warm and wet, you collapse into a pile underneath, underneath something in a darkened area. It smells horrendous. Eyes are and mouth are very tightly closed. I'm still not convinced that you haven't found the uh, the um the the, the old couple. Uh, God, no. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jahan in America. Speaker on the back of the bookcase. Jared is gone. <sighs> is the hole there that I still that I vanished into? No. Okay. He's gonna go look for whatever he thought he was looking at. Yep. As you crawl down behind the shelf, behind the wine shelf, uh, you see once more that mark that you had found on the inside cover of a book and on the on the back of the pendulum of the grandfather clock, the slightly awkward star with an eye and a flame. Well, that was on the pendulum that Doris disappeared next to, so we might have to reevaluate the noogie theory. The, 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 the... Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I got I, I, I got my American uh um uh, uh, slang terms uh, confused slightly, there for a moment. Slightly, slightly mixed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I, 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 I'm fairly sure that uh, Jared was not up for a threesome, so it's probably not the case. Jared, you find yourself with your eyes and mouth firmly shut in a dark room up to your elbows in something very warm and wet and viscous. Eyes closed, mouth shut, try to stand up, and I'm grabbing my flashlight. As you try to stand up, your back very rapidly hits ceiling. 
you find that you have roughly the roughly the clearance to crawl on your hands and knees. Click the light on and like wipe the eyes. Try to make sure I'm not going to get anything nasty in them, and peek up and see what I can see around to your, here. To your great relief, you find that you are not in fact in piles of sewage. You okay. have instead found yourself in some sort of abattoir, as everything is covered in red and meat. I need you to make a sanity roll. Oh god, this is not gonna go well. <clears throat> yeah, never trust the phrase, good news, you're not in a sewer in a Call of Cthulhu game. That's another fail. <laughs> Something about this meat seems wrong. It doesn't seem like it is the kind of meat one might expect from a traditional abattoir. And it bothers you greatly. <laughs> Lose one sanity point. Okay. I am almost a gibbering wreck. What's your sanity at now? 42. You're uh. fine. You've got plenty to go. <laughs> Don't worry until you get below 20. Okay. Jahan in America, faced with this brick that has a symbol on it, what are you doing? Clearly there's some kind of secret latch back here or something because, well, somebody just vanished. So I'm going to start poking around. Maybe, Maybe we should... Mm. Make me a spot-hidden roll. I'm gonna try and... I, I don't know if I can ask for a listen roll, but, like, see if there's any, like... Aside from, like, fiddling with stuff, maybe I can still hear Jared if he's calling out or something. Sure, give me a listen check. As Jahan, you sort of look around and you begin just poking around, but you swiftly stop that as you, as you take a look and see the broken blade of a pocket knife next to the stone, sort of sticking out of it as if it had been stuck, in, as if it had been wedged in between the brick that has the symbol on it and the one next to it. Okay. Um, sorry, I was trying to I was trying to figure that out while I pretended, but something where caught my attention in the middle of you talking. No worries. So if you could repeat that. You begin poking it around actually you figure it out in my you, head. You begin physically poking around. Right. But you stop shortly after you notice the the forward the forward half of a pocket knife that has been broken off, sticking out from the crack between the brick that has the symbol on it and the one right next to it, as if somebody okay. had shoved it in and was trying to loosen the brick. Well, America, you don't loosen. hear anything. So clearly it didn't loosen enough because the knife broke. Thoughts? Well, we could see if we can open it, but I'm not a huge fan of falling in and I don't know where or this door would be. We could go back and see if 
we find another one of these on the staircase where here, here Jared said he lost the dock. I have a thought. Let's go find the butler. The people are screaming and, and vanishing. Somebody must know where they're going. Works for me. The two of you leave the cellar. Meanwhile, Jared. Yep. You're on your hands and knees in this abattoir. You have your flashlight out. You are up to your elbows and thighs in meat. What are you doing? I'm looking for a way out. <laughs> Give me a... I have a flashlight. <laughs> you have a flashlight. That is good. That is useful. Give me a navigate roll. Okay. Um, Do I get, like, advantage on this or anything? Or? No, not in particular. <laughs> okay. Okay. Succeed. <clears throat> As you begin to as you begin to move through, you imagine that if this is an abattoir, there must be multiple ways for it to be dumped into, as it were. In addition, there must be some place for the for the offshoots to go. An abattoir is not simply a bucket in which you throw meat and viscera. It is a storage or transportation venue, similar to a sewage or anything, similar to a sewer, but for meat and offshoots. So you begin to crawl, every movement pushing through this warm and viscous material that you're crawling through, your hands clutching at the stone ground underneath, your stomach threatening to turn at every motion, especially every time you have to breathe in the new smells of death and decay around you. Uh -huh. Eventually, you find that there are indeed multiple chutes that lead to here. Now, you can either try to crawl up the chute that leads down here, or you can continue looking for an exit. Which would you prefer? I'm pretty much slathered in viscera right now, right? Mostly, yes. Roughly half of your body. Yeah. That is not going to be conducive to climbing out. He's. I'm going to keep looking for whatever serves more or less as a drain here. Give me a spot hidden roll. Okay. That's a hard success. At one point, you startle, or it seems like something else is moving amidst the abattoir. Something that isn't you. Something not natural. But as you look, you see that, no, it is in fact simply the shifting of the viscous fluid itself as something dumps into it and as something else is being pulled out of it. Heading over in the direction of that movement, you find yourself feeling around the floor, finding, feeling desperately for some sort of drainage, and you feel, beneath the abattoir, a metal disc of some kind, perfectly round, embedded in the floor. It seems to be perhaps a cover. You can't see it, obviously, for there is viscera above it. 
feel around for any sort of handle or grip or something. You can feel that there is a definitive edge down the middle of this disc, as if something causes it to either open up towards you or push down below. Testing it with your fingers, it does not budge, so it's not likely that it's a pressure activated, or at least not on your end pressure activated. Okay. Roughly where am I in the visible surrounding space that I'm in that this drain is here? It feels as if you are roughly in the middle of the abattoir from looking at Okay. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to then start, I'm going to go to the edge and work my way around, see if I can find any handles, switches, mechanisms, anything that might serve as a mechanical trigger to that <laughs> thing here every, in the room. As you search around every once in a while, you see this bubbling gurgle from the middle, as if the whatever that hole, whatever that sluice that you found is opens up and bits of viscera come out, or drop down out of it, and then it closes again. You're not certain what it's going to, but it does seem to, with fairly regular regularity, open and close. As you look around, trying to find a handle or something else, we return to Jahan and America. You exit the cellar into the kitchen. There is the sound of a bell ringing as somebody off to one side brings out a plate of food to some of the guests. They put down this, what appears to be a particularly appealingly red sausage case. Uh, on, a, on, a, on a series of buns with ketchup, mustard, pickles, relish. Uh, for some of the for some of the uh, customers, it appears this twenty style diner serves twenty style diner food. Uh, as people begin to bite into the viscous meat that they are being offered, <laughs> I apologize, oh. Aaron. <laughs> the two of you continue past. Yep, leaving the leaving the kitchen, you find. Yourselves once again in the uh, in in the hallway leading to it, and uh, you are looking for the butler. Where would you like to begin your search? Uh, I mean, kitchen places where house staff tend to be. Oh, the kitchen you just passed through, and you certainly right. was not in there. Right. The next. The next place you would start look, you would logically begin to make assumptions would be probably the main area to see if anybody has seen him from there. So you head that way, asking about nobody in the nobody in the in the entryway seems to have seen the butler at any recent point in time. Several of them seem to have not seen the butler at all ever, uh, though th uh, there are others who have seen him. So that aside. Following the clues that you are given in the main entryway, you deduce that the butler is either on the second floor or the third floor based on eyewitness accounts. Nobody seems to have seen the butler on the first floor at all. Okay. Up the stairs we go, then. To the second floor. Yep. Is there any kind of... We can just toss pass until he magically shows up. I mean, 
try and find him first. Yeah. Yeah, that would be be that would probably be better. You move to the second floor and begin your systematic search through the rooms. Meanwhile, Jared, you have circled yep. around. You have circled around the abattoir and have found no meaningful handles or doors or hatches. The only entries seem to be a, ver- a variety of slides through which the meat comes, and the only exit seems to be that one drain. When I was touching it, what sort of dimensions? Like, did this feel like something my entire body could fit through? Were it open or not so much? Were it open, yes, your body could fit through it. It would, however, be tight. Okay. <clears throat> He's going to go over, and since it seems to be doing it with regularity, he's going to wait and see if he can just catch one of the things as it opens and hold it there. All right. After a few moments, you hear and feel a shunk sound. You hear a shunk sound and feel the the great sluice open as it does. You reach down to try to grab one half of it. Make me a dodge check. Okay. Awesome. Uh, and from my uh, perspective, is it opening upwards and out or downwards and... It is, ir- uh, it is irising open and then closing. Oh, out. okay. That's, that's much worse. Um, it doesn't know how to do this. Hang on a second. Oh, I need to type in half of my decks. Yes, you need to put in half of your decks into the dodge. Okay. That's a fail. So as an iris is open and you try to grab, you realize all too late that perhaps sticking your hand in the middle of an irising orifice is not the best idea. As an iris is closed back and you pull your hand back out, you take one point of, you take one, uh, one point of damage to your hit points as you pull your hand back out and now your blood is mixing with the viscera around you. Okay, that's going to get horribly infected. Okay. Um, And I've been down here long enough that I probably have no idea which sluice I came down. No, you've circled around so many times you've lost track. Yeah, we're going to... If this thing is sharp, we are just going to try and climb out, then fuck it. All right. You return to one of the up... One of the downward sliding areas where Viscera has been coming into the abattoir and begin trying to climb. You're going to be doing a hard climb this time. Okay. So make a climb So that means I roll the purple one? Uh, no, it means you roll a regular one, but you have to get at least a hard success. Oh, okay. Boom! And you do. It is particularly Oof. difficult to make this climb, as your body is wet with viscera. But pressing your arms and legs into the sides of the vent, you find one that is slightly smaller than you are, so that even though you might slide, you are simply too large to easily slide down, so long as you press outward with your limbs. And using that tactic, you slowly and painfully squeeze yourself back up this slide, until you find yourself once again at a ceiling. I'm just going to start yelling. 
As Help! You, I'm stuck! As you begin to yell, the ceiling opens up and a pile of blood and guts falls into your open mouth as it slides past you down the slide. I am just scrambling through the opening, pushing you, up against this as fast as I possibly you can. You push up and climb out and manage to get out before it closes itself off again. You can taste the raw meat in your mouth as you spit some out, gag slightly, but emerge, blood-covered but alive, on the floor of a room that you do not recognize. It appears almost like a shack, in fact. looking around seeing if there's any doors or if this yeah if this is like an outbuilding whatever there is indeed a door and the sh and along the walls of the shack there are a variety of sharp implementations buzz saws garden shears saw blades and regular saw blades in general it seems you found your way into a gardener's shack, and on the floor next to you there are several buckets of viscera, one of which has tipped over and seems to have been the thing that dumped out on top of you. It looks almost like fish chum. Ooh, okay. Well, that's, a, that, that's slightly better, but okay. Um, I'm going to just open the door. <laughs> As you open the door, the salty sea air hits you in the face as you realize you are on you are in a ramshackle wooden cabin at the bottom of the cliff that the that the Blighton Manor was built on top of. I think I've I think I've solved the mystery of why William, who has previously said he's very very susceptible to 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 the description of things and imagine them. <laughs> doesn't like playing Call of Cthulhu with you. You Wait, ruined a role-playing game. It's long to figure out why William does not like playing Call of Cthulhu with John. <laughs> I am going to... I assume the storm is still on. Yes, it is in fact still raining and storming. I am going to stand there in the rain and let it clean me off as much as possible. You do that. And as you do, <laughs> Johan in America... You continue your search through the second floor, looking for the butler. Yeah. You return to the library at one point and find that the grandfather clock has been immaculately repaired. The pendulum is back in its normal ticking formation, the glass has been completely replaced, and any sign of blood or shattered glass has been removed from the area. The butler has certainly been through here, but you do not see him at the moment. As you continue your search, you find yourselves in the game room. In the game room, you find, along the walls of each thing, a variety of different animals that have been hunted and mounted for the pleasure of whoever it was that used to live in this house. Sir Thomas Blighton, certainly, but definitely others, because this house is far too large for one person. At the end of the game room, there is a fireplace, crackling loud with a roaring fire, a writing desk mounted with a stuffed eagle. <laughs> Along the walls, there are bear, rhino, hippopotamus, and a variety of other exotic animals that have been hunted and mounted. Along with several weapons that likely have been used to do so, everything from an elephant rifle to a harpoon. The harpoon likely for the manatee that is also stuffed on the wall. 
No, not that. Can I tell if any of those? Sorry, go ahead. It's okay. Not that it's my first choice or anything, but uh, if we really did want to get get the butler here quickly, we could just destroy something because apparently that <laughs> no time flat. I'm glad you guys hit on that. <laughs> as much as I'd love to embrace my a penchant for rampant destruction, before we do that, I'm going to flick out my phone and just call. I'll start with Doris. Why not? You get the unmistakable tone of a line that's been disconnected. All right. Flip open my phone. Uh, whatever Craig's character was named. You get the unmistakable tone of a line that's been disconnected. A line that's been disconnected or a phone that's off, because those are two very different sounds, and one requires action by the phone company. A line that's been disconnected. Not a phone that's off. We're processing that after calling all of the numbers, okay? You can can call the numbers first. I'm processing the fact that apparently in the last 15 minutes, the phone company has decided to disconnect everyone's numbers. Uh, And then Jared. I will point you back to the thing that I said at the top of the Call of Cthulhu game. (laughs) Jared, your phone begins to ring in your pocket as you are standing in the rain. Shake off my hand, dry it off a little bit, scoop out the phone, try and shield it in my jacket. Yo! Hello. Well, your number's not disconnected. Hey, uh, where the fuck are you? Outside, bottom of the cliff. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to put you on speakerphone real quick. I'm going to see if I can find at some level of sheltered niche in the uh, the rock face to where I can possibly have a phone conversation without being directly rained heavily on. The easiest place to find shelter would be back in the shack that you escaped from. Okay, fine. I'll go back in the fucking shack. <laughs> I didn't want to. You don't have to if you don't want to, but... No, he'll go back in there. Care to repeat where you are for John's benefit? We still haven't found Doris or... Well, they're not in the abattoir, so that at least is good. Or at least, if they were in the abattoir, they're already dead, so there's no point. Uh... That rock I found behind the wine shack shelf, shelf thing, I pushed on it. Something happened, and I slid down a chute into an entire fucking room full of rotten, putrid viscera and entrails and crap which apparently had several other shoots going into it, and a drain. I tried to let gravity do the work, and I got my hand cut as a result, so that's going to definitely need some heavy medical attention from infection. Managed to climb up one of the shoots, came out in a gardener's shack that's apparently at the foot of the cliff that this house is built on, and got a mouthful of fish chum for my trouble. Right. I've had a day. <laughs> Sound sounds sounds like. <laughs> uh, so now I'm in a gardener's shack, and there's a lot of bladed implements on the walls, which does not at all induce a horror movie vibe. You find yourself staring at a harpoon for some reason. I'm not even gonna say anything about what I'm looking at right now. And yeah. 
to be clear, do you actively say, I'm not going to say anything? I take. Yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I was sure that was for us or for John. That was for everyone. So you, you don't know a way back then is what. I mean, I'm sure if I walked down the beach a little bit, I'd find a slightly less cliff face type of geology that I'd be able to haul my ass back to the manor at eventually. But until something horrific happens, I might see if I can wait the storm out a little bit. I know that Jack is the one eating, not Jared, but it sounds like you just picked up one of those buckets and just got started going to town. <laughs> I mean, I am now picturing Jared as played by Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> just eating in every scene, mm-hmm. whether there's mm-hmm. food, whether there should be food available or not. I'm Cole Sprouse in this Call of Cthulhu game. Yes, yes. You do still have some food on your person if you want to check and see its viability after having gone for a swim in the abattoir. Nope, I know better than that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I mean, I stood out in the rain for 10 minutes straight and I only look marginally less like a horror movie victim right now. I suppose we could probably drive along the cliff or walk, see if we can find where the, where, if anywhere, it tapers off or there's a staircase. That. Fine, let's do that. So we're just gonna so we're just gonna ignore the fact that instead of like model trains or old back issues of National Geographic, they apparently keep dead bodies in the basement. I mean, do you want to listen? I want to find that fucking butler and throw him down there and say, "Now, how do you like it?" (laughs) Okay, we'll find the butler and come to you with the butler. Listen, mate, do you want us to? sit here talking about it on the phone or do you want us to get to you so then we can talk about it later are you guys headed east or west (laughs) east okay i'll start walking yeah ring me if you find anything John, I don't quite remember how you described the drive here. Is it possible to, like, drive along a road that's on the side of the... The winding road that leads to the manor eventually does go back to the cliff face, yes. So it is possible to, after a certain amount of time. That makes sense. Great. Well, I needed someone to help me dig my car out anyway. Come on. I I hang up the phone. I reach out. I grab the harpoon. You are my new best friend. And I start walking. As you open the door, a light, a, a strike of lightning cracks in the distance, and you see the silhouette of a figure watching you from some nearby rocks. On my level, or like up on top of the cliff? It's not up on top of the cliff, but not quite on your level either. At a distance, elevated from you. 
I flip them off and I start walking. Begin walking. Yeah. America and Jahan, as you end the call, you hear you both suddenly jump as you hear the door open behind you. Turning, you see Reginald, who has come into the room. Ah, there you two are. I've been looking for the rest of the group. The auction's set to begin in about 20 minutes. I was coming to see if you have found any interesting sp uh, interesting artifacts or things for me to bid on. I'll hand over the my book because I was pretty careful to write down everything I knew about. Makes it look um, quickly. These are some animation tools that were apparently used in the creation of that yellow whatever's seemed interesting old archaic uh this is a set of old wines one of them was a lot newer than the rest and had tentacles in it Ooh, fascinating seemed like your style uh i know there were a few other things because they're in my notes yeah you list off the various um, things you found so yeah everything that was an auction item i'll list off um Jahan hasn't been secretive that he has a book, right? Just like... No, no. He's not secretive that he has the book. He is sitting there waiting and patient as the detail of all the things that are being... that that are, are, are being... Sort of waves at Jahan. That book something you wanted or something in that we yes, should... But the... Before we get in, before we get too much further, we should also mention the fact that everybody is missing... Jared fell down a a a, a passage into a, a bloody avatar. No pun intended. I'm just assuming anytime I go with a mansion to Jared, this is going to happen. It's fine. Oh well, that is that is concerning. Do you know where Jared is? Yeah, he's down below. Oh. Uh... The cliff face. We're supposed Apparently to be at a fishing shack at the base of it. You happen to know where the nearest uh, cliff stairs are? Uh, there is a old fishing dock, uh, not too far down the cliff, right where the cliff begins to, to to even out with the bay, with the with the coast. If you head east, about ten miles. All right. East was the direction Derek was headed anyway, right? Yes. Cool. As for Harold and Doris, well, I saw them leave earlier. I don't know if, if they've also gone missing or... Really? Their lines are disconnected, so... That's odd. They did seem particularly preoccupied when they left uh, the manor, but I assumed that they simply were tired and were going home. You know, it's Doris. I wouldn't put it past her to if she could get together with someone, disconnect them, them entirely from everything around them um, so that she can keep them as well as possible. That's, that, that's an absolutely terrifying assessment. Are you saying that. I'm wrong? Did you hear me say that? Because <laughs> I definitely don't think I said it. So if the words came out of my mouth, then somehow it would still not be the strangest thing that happened tonight so far. I'm going to flip through my phone, see if I ever like put Doris's post address in there or something. 
Yes, you easily have the address for for her house, which is actually uh, you you've never been there, but it actually is out in Sussex, which is the area yeah. you're in. Well, we can send her a letter, and she lives in Sussex anyway. So very well. Well, let's go. Let's go get your countrymen. Well, while you go get Jared, I'm going to go attend the auction. This has been quite frightfully exciting. There are so many interesting things that I've found personally. Uh, I will see you all back in Whitechapel. Shall we? Right. Thanks. Um, As we're heading out, um, you gonna do something about that book? Purchase it out the front or... Uh, you know what? At this point, <laughs> if somebody comes across me so, uh, that I can provide money to very well. Otherwise, if nobody stops me, I consider just... it an experience tax. You can very you. There is a there's like a little there's like a little checkout stand at the door when you're heading out that you can very okay. easily just yep bing, bing, receipt given. Yeah. The two of you exit the Blyton Manor. The thunderstorm continues on outside as the rain hits you. You had almost forgotten that it was raining outside until you step out into it. The cold, wet, reigniting the experience of getting your car stuck in the mud again. As you step oh, out... That's what, that's what he's for. As you step out and see... Are you kidding? Yeah, I need someone to hold... You know how you push a car out. You have someone in the driver's seat, right? Right. That's gonna be Jahan. I do you not know how to drive because you can, I can push. drive. I I will happily drive. Yes. You will notice my car that's right over there. Yeah, but my car has guns and crossbows and other stuff we not, might need given there's a murder locker. I'm going to pretend I did not hear that you have a you you have a very American car and let's just start, <laughs> let's just get this thing unstuck. I have my license. Your license here. Yes, my license here. Would you like to see it? Because it's no. in the car. No, that's quite all right. Let's just get this thing out of being trapped so you have two options one of you can either make a drive auto or a mech repair with a bonus die um mech repair being mechanical repair just to be clear did you put any points in the drive auto beyond the norm I do not have any points in either of those beyond the norm. Me either. I have so, a 95 in ride, though. So, unfortunately, you cannot ride behind, the car out of the mud. So, <laughs> since I'm behind the wheel and we both have the exact same number of dice and we have a greater in or exact same scores, and we have a greater instance of succeeding on a drive roll. Yeah. I will go ahead and roll. Go. So this one will be the with a bonus die, so it will be the purple one, yeah. 
<laughs> Just a fail. I mean, it could have gone worse. It could have been worse. It could have been the third die. Just a fail, not a fumble, yes. Uh, you begin to pull out. Uh, with America pushing, it's fairly easy to simply get the wheel unstuck. As you do, though, the wheel spins rapidly, and America, you are slathered with mud as your car rolls free. Yeah. From top to bottom, just all over. It really doesn't seem to phase them that much. I was going to say, you're a stunt person. No, not actually, but I am... I am a ranch hand to some extent. Yeah. Yes. Being covered in mud happens. Oh. But you managed to get the car free. All right. Well, for now, let's just take one instead of taking both cars and then something terrible happens because you, you know that's good. All right. Which one do you want to take? Let's take your murder machine. <laughs> also presumably a better off-roading car from what I understand of car brands. Um, yeah, so I'll turn around and... You begin to drive. Yep. Jared, the cold, stormy weather continues to pelt you as you clamber your way across the beach, heading east, trying to find a spot on the cliff where you can begin to climb up or where it begins to level out. There are several spots where you could climb straight up the sheer cliff, should you so choose. But there does not seem to be any indication of it leveling out anywhere nearby. <coughs> At some point, I... Oh, go ahead. I was just coughing, was it? At some point, I was going to call Jared again once we're in the car, because <laughs> we know where the rendezvous is likely to be. Right, there will be a phone call at some point. Yeah. Jared, as you continue on, you cannot help, you cannot shake the feeling that you're being watched. And every time there's a lightning strike and the area clears up, you swear you see the silhouette of a person in the distance watching you. Of course, when the lightning, when the light fades from the lightning strike, they seem to disappear. As if they're not, as if they're only there in that brief moment of awareness during the storm. Uh, but we're the weeping angels. Okay, keep walking. <clears throat> the salt water, the salt water air continues to batter you as you move. I need you to make me a. Uh, would be that would be correct. So, a climb check. Okay. Success. You firmly navigate over the rocky outcroppings of this particularly rocky beach. As you continue on, you can't help but imagine that that shack you had, you, you came from, had to have been some sort of fisherman's shack or something, though what all the gardening implements were for, you're not sure. Nor how it got back, how it associated with the manor. Perhaps simply in the storm, you were unable to see whatever method of conveyance it had back up the cliff, but. As you continue on, you slip only once and almost tumble into the water, but catch yourself, keeping yourself from falling. Got that harpoon. Use it like a walking stick. Absolutely, and give me a spot hidden check. Okay. Nope. 
Every once in a while, you swear you see something moving in the water just off the coast, but you're not in the water, so it doesn't concern you all. You continue moving, the storm seeming to get worse the farther you walk. At one point, shortly after you slip, but as you continue to get drenched, you hear your phone ringing inside your coat. Kind of find a place to stabilize, shield. Yeah, it's me, still walking. <laughs> Yeah, according to Reginald, next uh, when it starts when the cliff starts to level out, which is in roughly ten miles, that's the nearest place that we can rendezvous. So, oh, plan for now is we're taking the car to there and trying to meet you. Uh, bitch. Okay. Um. <sighs> I glance at my phone to see what time it is. Uh, you guys got there at... Where did I put my notes? There it is. Uh, you got there around 7. Uh, 3 p.m.? Hour- yeah, 7 p.m. Uh, it's about 10 now. Yeah. It- Okay, things might not be how they are in... It's England at 10 p.m. It's dark. Yeah. Okay. Well. I know it's not ideal. Uh, I was wondering, do you have your... Wa- you have a walkie-talkie on you? I've got a phone, because we're in civilized country, you know, where there's phone service. Oh, yeah, but two people already got disconnected completely, so I figured, you know what? Never mind. Yeah, no, I think I'm, yeah, I mean, like, I have them, but they're in my car currently, so. Um, well, best I can do is, you know, huh, we might be able to throw some stuff to you over the cliff. If you've got any rope on you, can I make a guesstimate at how tall this cliff is? Uh, it's looking at it and figuring it's roughly a 50-foot drop. Yeah, you're looking at about a 50-foot elevation differential there. So if you've got any rope on you, maybe. Oh. Is that something I might have just in my general stuff? Because I don't have that as a statted out item, but it also isn't a statted out item. No. Uh, uh, you might have an amount of rope, but generally 50 feet of rope is something you can serve for something that needs 50 feet of rope. And okay. Wrestling so the fact I have like tons of yeah, you accessories might... for cowboying doesn't yeah, mean I well, have no. enough rope for that. Yeah, you like you like have lassos and stuff, and you probably have a good 15, 20 feet of rope, but not yeah. 50 feet. Well, I got like 20 feet. I mean, we could still essentially drop something if it's not something super fragile. I mean, the main thing I'm looking at is an eight-mile hike on rugged terrain in the dark on the coast. 
I feel like I'm asking for a broken leg or at least a sprained ankle at that point. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing. You might want to stick where you are. I've got equipment that's probably helpful. Probably should have. You didn't even bring your car. Nope. Well, uh, I don't think that the Doc's got anything particularly. You got rescue gear? Oh, yes, in my back pocket. No. Yeah, he's unprepared. Yeah, this might be one of those times <laughs> that you call emergency services. Unfucking prepared. <laughs> hey, I am too. I have 50 feet of rope. Well, Excuse me, I'm not a D&D character. No, <laughs> I don't carry 50 feet of rope on me at every opportunity. You were going to literature club. What did you not bring? 50 feet of rope. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, um, we probably should. I'll see what I can do about that. Um. Jeez. You got any landmarks? <laughs> Looks out at the ocean. <laughs> I mean, is there anything funky about the cliff face, genius? He'll, he'll fling his flashlight beam up that direction and see if he can pull out anything. Cluster it's, of trees. It's dark. Beneath. It's it's particularly dark, but you do see that there is one particularly strong and virile tree growing straight out from the side of the cliff face. Like at the top or halfway down? Roughly about or? 30 feet up from you. Okay. Can I tell if it's deciduous or coniferous? <laughs> if I could tell the difference, you would too. Okay. <laughs> There's a real big-ass tree about 30 feet up from the bottom of the cliff just kind of jutting straight out it's of sort the of rocks. Out, it's like sort of curving out and up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. See what I can do. Cool. <laughs> and he's going to find a rock to sit on and set that harpoon across his knees and wait to see if the watcher on the walls comes up to have a chat. You want to make emergency services call? I got a sneaking suspicion they're not going to take me terribly seriously. I will, yes. I will go ahead. I will ring up. Whatever the British version of the Coast yeah, Guard is. You, you, you call it the emergency services and report. Yep. That there is some Report reporting things. You, you report you 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 report that there is I'm stranded, stranded on the stranded coast. On the That's coast. what the yeah. Coast Guard does. You report that there's somebody stranded on the coast in the middle of a storm, roughly this area. Right. Okay, the report is in, and they say that they will be dispatching a boat out in that direction. Could you define soon? Uh, do you get sort of an indication that the storm is causing some delays in their response time? They're going to be getting somebody out as soon as possible, but they cannot give you an exact estimate as to how fast that's going to be. 
Love I assume it. we you. give them Jahan's phone number just in case. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <clears throat> uh, it seems that you, you do get the information from, the, co from the, the person you're talking to that the storm is unnaturally strong uh, for this time of year. Like, this is, not a, this is not a late summer, early winter storm. This is a... Right. This is like not quite a tropical storm, but close and in the British Isles. Right. <laughs> so it's it they're they're their boats in for the channel are not used to that kind of weather at the moment. So they're they're working on it. But you do get the call out and the emergency services are notified. Cool. And you continue on towards the docks, I'm assuming? Yep. Yep. As you arrive, you arrive at what is very clearly an old fisherman's dock. It is entirely made of wood. It is, it is very old-looking. And sort of strapped, it, strapped in on the dock, there is an old fishing boat. Uh, it's, fairly, it's fairly small. It looks like it typically would have a crew of about five people. Uh, and standing sort of on it, on the on the pier next to it, smoking a pipe and out in the weather, is the very definition of a Newfoundland of a Newfoundland fisherman, you know, with the with the yellow coat and hat and wellies and everything, uh, big long, you know, big bushy gray beard with a pipe with a pipe affixed somewhere in the middle of the hairy mass, just sort of staring out into the water and watching the storm. Does he know what we did last summer? <laughs> you have no idea. You haven't approached him yet. Uh, I dare say this is probably your your go. Can do. <laughs> I, by the way, have put all of my stuff in my bag. Mm -hmm. Just in case, because, you know, Murder house. Sure. I deal with the authorities because I've got the accent for it when it's over the phone. You deal with the with, with the locals because you've got the non-Arabicness about it. <laughs> you've got the distinct lack of brown features. The black person. No, no, yes, <laughs> but still better. <laughs> <laughs> than Saudi. Yeah, and besides being an American in Europe. Yep. Oh, America, you get out and approach the fisherman? Yep. Howdy. Hey, welcome, welcome out to the pier. What, you, you out here for some fishing or something? <laughs> I and look out at the rampant, like, violent storm and then back at him. <laughs> nah. One of my friends has managed to get himself stranded at the bottom of the cliff near that old manor. Oh, well, this is definitely bad weather for being stranded on the coast. As he sort of stands out and puffs on his pipe. I ain't seen a storm like this in many a year. Many a year. Oh god, he's gonna tell us when he last saw it. Oh god. He just oh continues god. he just continues to puff on the fire. Something like this. It's gonna be like, great, could you help us go get our it was nineteen sixty-five? 
Hey, shush, you said I should do this. I know, I know, I know. We have to let the NPC go through their dialogue tree. It's fine. Sorry, you started to say something and then I missed it because Jeremy was joking. What was it, Aaron? Oh, I was joking as well. I I asked. Um, yeah, when was the last time? <clears throat> Ah, it would have been in the 1960s. Uh, <laughs> roughly 1963, as, as I think of it. Big old tropical storm came up from the coast of Spain. Knocked our boat clear off, the, clear off of our navigation. We ended up stranded out, of the ocean for, out in the ocean for, ah, roughly 15 days. What's a hell of a time to be alive, though? Great, that's lovely. Um... Uh... That's the kind of situation that her friend is in, so could we go get him? Certainly. He indicates up the coast. If you start walking, I'm sure you'll find him. You got any ideas about where there might be a tree that flicks out oh, parallel about 30 feet up from the ground? Ah, the cliff dick, yes. Uh, it's roughly about... <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? The people that name shit like that are old salty fishermen. <laughs> <laughs> the cliff dick. Ah, that's roughly about uh, six miles up the coast. Right. I've got hiking equipment. What do I think of my chances of getting there and getting back since I'll know where I'm going coming from here? Fairly good. Like mostly your with hiking equipment, your most most of your danger is just the storm itself. Like you won't be you you won't be in too terrible danger of slipping and falling and getting into the ocean. <sighs> Well, I'm going to grab anything extra I have, like if I've got a spare pair of, not necessarily hiking boots, because I know we have to buy those, but like decent shoes, whatever else I might have that might help uh, Jared make the trip back. Absolutely. Yeah, you have stuff. I don't have enough stuff for two, but, and I'll sort of be pulling on my, I can just go get him. Sounds like I might be faster than the Coast Guard in this case. Are you still near the fisherman when you're saying that about the Coast Guard? Uh, I went back to the car to get the shoes, so your call. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where if Jahan had come with you or was staying back in yeah. the car. Oh, yeah. No, no. He's going to hang out next to the fisher. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I would have. Going with America for sure. Okay. So you're back at the car. Got it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Jahan suddenly has a taste for salty seamen. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) 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 That would that might be best. Yes. Right. Well. Damn, I don't like leaving Jahan here unarmed. 
<laughs> you leave. The fisherman just goes rabid and attacks him. <laughs> no, I'm more worried about the murder basement. But, you know, the fisherman could I mean, be part you know, of that. For all we know, the fisherman secretly owns the manor. Also, in defense of my earlier exposition request, this is a Lovecraft story. Part of the, the thing is you listen to all of the old people tell you what happened before. True. And you stay away from the water always because the people that you that you see out of the corner of your eye near the water are not people. They're fishmen. It's a good thing you guys aren't, you know, living on an island. Look, I'm just gonna go. Yep, you go. I will. Yes. Also, in proper Lovecraft, the British water is probably fine because it's up for, you know, proper. Oh, no, the British water is where all the worst things are. The more the more respectable a thing looks, the more twisted it is in Lovecraftian you know. All right. Well, yeah. Anyway, I'm just going to pull on camping equipment and grab a flashlight because I am American out of my car. Yeah. Yeah, as you head out, the uh, sailor calls to you over the storm. Be careful. Storm like this, all manner of thing might come crawling out of the water, Tarja. Stay close to the cliff. I gotcha. And I do have my crossbow and my carbine <laughs> and my shotgun. All right. Loaded for bear. America begins to make their way down the cliff face as the storm rages on. As That's very important. As the storm rages on, Jared huddling for what cover he can find against it, against the cliff face that is swiftly and violently being battered by the water and by the water of the storm, the occasional flash of lightning revealing odd things in the dark. That's where we're going to end for this week. Say goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye.